Welcome to the Coach Speak Podcast, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Steve Medford. The show where we talk coaching with some of the best in the business. In this episode, Bill Roseberry sits down with Alton Athletic Director, Chris Kuznarek. This episode of Coach Speak starts in 20 seconds. To win in sports, you must focus on your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. I'm Steve Medford, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, and I can help. Call 498-8523. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. All right, welcome back here to WBGZ Studios for another edition of Coach Speak. And with me today is Alton Athletics Director Chris Kuznarek. Thanks for joining the show, Chris. Great to see you again, Bill. So, Chris, um, you know, uh, it's been a while, and, and, and like I was saying, you know, off mic a little bit, it's been crazy ever since you started here at Alton. You hired March 19th, 2019, but you didn't start until that summer. So your first full year as AD <laughs> is 2020. And then from there, it's, you know, 2021 wasn't any better. And now this year you've had a lot of stuff to deal with, too. So just kind of talk about this time at Alton so far. And then we'll kind of go back and go over sure. your career and how, what, before you came to Alton. Yeah, it has not definitely not been a normal uh, situation at all. In fact, our, our athletic secretary, Lori Campion's kind of joked from time to time that I haven't had a normal year. And even though it just finished up year three, uh, it seems like maybe five or six just because of all the stuff we've had to deal with. You know, we started uh, 2019 kind of normal. And then once we got to March, then everything went to chaos and and, it's got easier at times sometimes. But then this year obviously was still kind of crazier with just because not necessarily a COVID itself, but just some of the other things that are off branches uh, from dealing with COVID. And a lot of the challenges that uh, we as athletic directors, not just at Alton, is really uh, really statewide nationwide uh, have cropped up that has caused a lot of issues that we're hoping we're keeping our fingers crossed that maybe we'll get back to normal one of these days yeah it seems like it's been kind of hard even keeping a a, a coat you know you've had some coaches leave during this time and I mean, it's got to be frustrating as a coach too with some of the things that they've had to deal with so just talk about that aspect of it trying to keep your coaches happy and and trying to keep you know those positions filled. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that COVID created issues that coaches never had to deal with their entire careers. And then they have to worry about, you know, sanitation and mask and social distancing and, and restrictions and seasons being shut down and started and attendance restrictions. I can go on and on and on the things that they had to deal with. And so many things weren't dealing with the actual X's and O's in coaching, which is a lot main reason a lot of these coaches have got into uh, to coaching and the sports in general. Um, and so some of those things haven't went away completely. Some of the things have gotten easier, but it has been a challenge. But coaching in general, really uh, nationwide, is becoming harder and harder. Uh, It's harder and harder to keep coaches. Uh, That's definitely one of the issues that a lot of us ADs are facing is to try to keep coaches, and we try to be as supportive as possible. But um, in the old days, you know, you had a lot of times you had teachers that would be willing to coach two and three sports or maybe even officiate. Mm -hmm. Officiating is something else we could talk about too. (laughs) Um, So it's just there are some really, really significant challenges that we're definitely seeing athletics now going forward yeah um we'll talk about real quick about uh you did just hire a a new football coach a while back and really recently here a new boys basketball coach for the Redbirds so kind of talk about those two hires those are two of the bigger hires you got to deal with and you had to do them both 
heading into this next yeah, year. Yeah, and actually our basketball coach, that's my third hire since I've been here <laughs> because I was involved in uh, the first one, uh, which was Coach Dana Morgan. I was involved even though I officially hadn't been brought on uh, as the AD. So it's definitely something we didn't plan on, uh, but uh, it, it's something you have to deal with. And so uh, we attacked it, and, and we feel pretty comfortable with who we've hired. On the football side of things, we've hired David Parker. He's coming over from Missouri. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job. I, I am just tickled to death with uh, the reception uh, that he's getting from the kids, uh, the connections he's making, the numbers that we have out right now in the summer, uh, you know, have been just fantastic. They're just through the roof. Um, and, you know, hopefully that'll translate to some success in the fall. We'll wait and see. Uh, but right now the connections he's making and, and the stuff that he's doing with the kids uh, so far this spring and summer have been great. Now, where did he come from? Uh, he came across, uh, he actually still lives across the river over in Missouri. That's where he did uh, most of his coaching uh, in his career. Uh, and so he's basically been an assistant most of the time he was a head coach for one time but uh you know he's just really has come in and has just grabbed on to that position as the head coach making those connections with the kids you know uh, promoting those kids through social media a lot um and just getting everyone all involved and and pulling the rope in the same direction and so uh like i said we're hoping that relates to you know some wins and losses you know a a little bit better than what we've had in recent years but we've just been tickled to death with the response that we've gotten uh you know with him and then we're real excited about dylan dudley dylan dudley actually be hitting uh uh, town probably tomorrow. Uh, he's moving up from <laughs> wow. Texas. Uh, he's actually an Illinois guy, uh, so it's an opportunity for him to get back into the area. Um, he's uh, from Sullivan, uh, Illinois. That's up by you know Lake Shelbyville. That okay, area there. Right, right. In fact, I actually coached against Dylan when he was in high school, so it's <laughs> <laughs> starting to show my age a little bit. Uh, he's very good friends with Stote Reader, the head boys basketball coach up at Jerseyville. Okay. And Stote's the one that kind of talked to him a little bit about uh, having an opportunity to get back to Illinois. Dylan's had a very, very good career on the coaching side of things. Um, he played at Sullivan High School, was a very, very good player, went on to Illinois College, scored over 1,000 points in college, and then basically transitioned into the college level. Uh, worked for a lot of good coaches, a lot of different programs. Uh, worked at Drury University, won a national championship. Worked at Central Missouri uh, University, won a national championship there on wow. the Division II level. Also did some high school coaching in Tennessee, and then has been a high school coach down in the Texas area the last three years. So um, he's older, he's mature, he's, he's obviously in his 40s now, he's done uh, – you know, the assistant coach thing, you know, bouncing around, moving his way up um, the coaching ranks, and now is a chance to come back to what he considers home. You know, Illinois basketball, as you know, is pretty special and pretty unique in our country. And so for him, is a chance to come back and, and be and work in one of the top conferences and one of the top high schools, you know, really in this area. Now, you had, so you had a connection with Coach Dudley beforehand. Did you have a connection with Coach Parker from your time across the river? No, too? not really. Our paths had never crossed, uh, even though he lived in Florissant, you know, and, and his son actually will go to McClure North High School, where I was previously the AD. Uh, but no, David came in, did a fantastic job, uh, you know, in the interview process, came in, had a plan, um, and has jumped in and, and has implemented that plan. And just, uh, you know, like I said, he's, he started to develop a good staff. Some of them are returning staff members, some are, are, are new. Uh, but like I said, the, the kids, he's got them motivated and they're out there doing what they need to do at this time. Yeah, I was going to say, from what the social media thing's shown, he's really hard. They're going hard in the weight room. Yeah, they're working hard in the weight room. They're doing uh, plyometrics. They're doing conditioning. Uh, You know, he's out there running stairs last week, you know, out Uh at a public school stadium. Um, And so, yeah, he's setting the bar high. But like I said, you know, the kids are responding. And uh, this past weekend they were in a seven-on-seven tournament over at uh, Lindenwood College, did pretty well chance you know the kids got a chance to get out there and work on some of the things hopefully they'll be implementing this uh this fall okay 
Well, let's go back and talk about you a little bit. And obviously, I know you you grew up in um, Pennsylvania, so you're not originally from this <laughs> nope. area at all. So let's talk about that growing up in Pennsylvania and, and what got you into sports and what kind of maybe your sports career was like out there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, sports was just something I always gravitated to as a kid, you know, and, and I'm at the age now that, you know, uh, you tell kids that, you know, the TV went off at, at midnight, went to, <laughs> you know, or, you know, there was no cable TV and, you know, you only had four channels. And, and so there wasn't a lot to do when it comes to, you know, uh, technology or computers didn't exist basically at that time or barely did if they did. There was no cell phones. Uh, I remember my grandpa. <laughs> parents having a party line you know you pick up the phone and someone else was already talking right. because you were sharing a line with other people and I don't consider myself that old but those are some of the things that you know you dealt with and just sports was a chance to get outside and do things uh, uh, you know as a kid growing up I gravitated probably more so to basketball just because basketball was the type of sport that you could work on by yourself you know as mm-hmm. long as you had a ball and a hoop you can you can get better you can shoot you can dribble you can do so things there I uh, played a lot of baseball but I always liked football like soccer you know uh, now I've I've gotten into running as I've gotten older, but I've uh, really liked a lot of the, the, the sports. But uh, basketball was definitely my favorite and kind of the one I went to. Uh, played baseball and basketball uh, in uh, high school. Wasn't anything necessarily special. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it was just a situation where I just enjoyed sports. I, I really liked it. Um, and it's just kind of the normal kid things back then, you know, collecting cards and, and collecting right. baseball cards and those type of things that, they, you know, a lot of people probably can relate to. Um, and, you know, obviously when you be, get into education, it's a chance to be involved in sports if you coach. And so it was just something that I kind of gravitated to uh, as I got a little older. Where'd you go to college? Well, I actually started out at a college in, in Pennsylvania called Bloomsburg University. Uh, it's upstate uh, Pennsylvania. It'd be a Division II school uh, okay. there. And I uh, was going to school there, really had planned on just staying there, and then uh, was working out in Michigan one summer. Uh, and that's where I met my future wife. And so we uh, started uh, dating, did the long distance thing for a couple <laughs> years. Then I decided to transfer. So I ended up transferring out to Illinois State University and, and finishing up out there. Okay, and that so that's what brings you to Illinois, yes, and, and then, so I've stayed ever since. Yeah, so and so then you get into coaching out right, pretty much right out of college. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, just uh, when I was in college, uh, did a little coaching with rec ball and things like that, earned some money. I uh, was doing some officiating too, to earn some money too, which you know that's something that I really recommend a lot of college guys if they want to, if they're interested in sports, you know, because the need. I mean, the chance mm-hmm. to make some money and and you can kind of set your own schedule and hours and things of that nature, but. Uh, just, you know, graduated from Illinois State with a, had a history degree, was interested in coaching and just kind of did a circle of three hours around uh, uh, basically central Illinois that we wanted to kind of stay because she was from a Springfield area. She was from New Berlin. Okay. And so we wanted to kind of stay there and, and just started applying. Uh, had a couple interviews. One of them, uh, both of them offered me the job and I took the higher paying job, but it actually happened to be down in Missouri at Perryville, Missouri. So that was my <laughs> first job. Uh, they promised to pay eighteen five, and so I took it. Eighteen oh, <laughs> five, man. yes, that was uh, that was the salary. I actually went down there and coached soccer for a year too, uh, just because they needed a soccer coach. And I <laughs> uh, had a good friend that played soccer, and we had soccer in our high school. But uh, I was it wasn't really my interest. But my main interest was basketball, and I was going to be the assistant basketball coach down there when I went down to Perryville. Okay, so then from there. 
So how long were you in Perryville? Well, I was in Perryville for four years. Uh, after two years, uh, the head coach decided to move into administration. And so here I was, 24 years old, and I applied for the head job and got it. You know, So I definitely wasn't ready. I uh, was well, way over my head at age 24 with only two years of experience and two years out of college. But suddenly I was the head boys basketball coach and, and got an opportunity to uh, – yeah, I had a pretty good team the first year and had some success and some good players. Uh, but once again, wanted to get back to Illinois. Uh, just because that's where uh, she was from. Over the years of coming out here, I've really grown to, uh, to appreciate Illinois basketball and the history. It seemed like mm-hmm. whenever I'd come out during spring break, it was always during the state tournament. And so oh, obviously yeah. we'd get an opportunity to watch that on TV and, and just really gravitate to it. So then from there, went up to Monmouth, Illinois, uh, spent four years up there. Then after that, went down to Effingham, Illinois, was at uh, Effingham St. Anthony for five uh, had a great experience there, uh, you know, a real, real good uh, run there. Then after that, I went up to Rock Falls for four years up north. So I've kind of been zigzagging around the state. And then I knew I probably had one more move in me, and then that's when I came down south and went to Collinsville. Yeah, and you, you spent uh, several years as the boys' basketball coach, but then you transitioned into yes. AD there, and that's where that kind of started. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I was the head boys basketball coach there for four years, four years and then it got right. to be a point that uh, the position opened on the athletic director side. I'd gotten my administration degree when I was up at Rock Falls, and so then I had to make a decision. Uh, do I want to stay with coaching? Um, I still had two sons coming that were playing basketball, uh, but then I thought, well, if I don't make this jump now and you know, college down the road and all that kind of stuff with paying bills, I thought it might not be open for 10 years or whatever. Right. And, you know, and so if I was going to do that jump, maybe that was the time. So then I did transition over to uh, being the full-time AD. Uh, had to give up coaching, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'd been the assistant AD. So I kind of had been dabbling in uh, athletic administration and kind of liked it. Uh, so, yeah, I became the athletic director then uh, there at Collinsville. What's the main differences for somebody that's from going from a coach to being – an athletic director. I mean, what are some of the big things that? Well, you know, now you're you're in charge of multiple programs. Mm-hmm. You know, right. obviously when you're the head coach, you know you've got a lot of hats you're wearing and you're focusing on, uh, you know, your program. And there are a lot of responsibilities. You know, in terms of organizing, uh, you know, rosters, hiring coaches, uh, summer camps, summer, you know, contact days. You can go on and on and on. Uh, but then once you become the AD, now, like for instance, where we're at, you know, now I've got 25 different sports that I've got to to oversee. Um, um, and so you've got to manage and juggle those in terms of, you know, providing what they need uh, just on a larger scale. And that's why I think really if you are interested in athletic administration, it's definitely better if you're coming from one of those major programs, you know, like football, basketball, baseball, where you've got a lot of numbers you've got to manage. You've got a lot of coaches that maybe you're involved with. Not saying that a person that maybe is coaching, you know, bowling or tennis couldn't do the job, but it just seems like those are usually the coaches that end up gravitating towards that athletic director position because, you know, it's a big job, you know, in managing, you know, uh, an entire athletic program. Are you in charge then of of scheduling out all the officials too for the sports? Well, uh, you know, that's one thing that's really changed uh, in the last 15 years. Um, You know, years ago, we used to do a lot more own hiring. Um, Now we have uh, basically assigners. And so, for instance, uh, this past spring, we have an assigner that we hire uh, that does all the baseball and softball uh, hires those particular officials. Gotcha. You know, so that takes some of the, you know, load off our plate. Now, boys volleyball, though, we are doing that. And a lot of that falls on the assistant 
assistant athletic director uh, track, we are still doing it. Uh, but when you get in the fall, for instance, uh, boys volleyball will hire or girls volleyball will hire our own, just like we're doing with boys volleyball. But like, for instance, football, and then you get in the winter, boys and girls basketball, wrestling, soccer, both boys and girls, we have assigners. And that's alleviated a lot of the pressure on the athletic directors. Gotcha. They have a lot more connections um, and can line those up. And so, you know, they get paid a service, you know, they are paid a fee, uh, but it's well worth it. You know, talk about, too, when you, you left Collinsville and you went back across the river, kind of where it all started for you at yes, Perryville. Yes. Now you're at McClure North as an athletic director. And talk about the difference there and what, what ended up making you gravitate towards coming back to the Illinois side yeah, for Alton and what the difference between the two sure, states sure, were sure. as, as far yeah, as I, I mean, I've never moved. We still live in Maryville, mm-hmm, you know, so right. this entire time. And, and so it wasn't a bad commute at all, straight interstate. I could go over there in 20, 25 minutes. Um, McClure North, I had a great experience. Uh, it was definitely, a, you know, different going back to the Missouri side uh, because it is different. You know, the focus on athletics over there uh, is much, much different than what you see over here. You know, for instance, you know, they'll play a varsity boys game at five o'clock on on a Monday, you know, or a Thursday, you know, so there's not a lot of games on weekends, not a lot of Friday nights. Uh, the whole idea of the community involvement is not there. You know, even in some of those schools that have success, it's just that's where I see the biggest difference between Illinois and Missouri. Um, now, they get a postseason run, yeah, or maybe you get out in the rural areas, there'll be more of a uh, community involvement. But when you get into the city, I think the people over there just have so much stuff to do. When you're trying to compete against the Blues, the Cardinals, you know, you know, people are obviously going to gravitate to the Cardinals as opposed to a high school, you know, baseball game. Right. Uh, you know, concerts, you know, plays, you know, Fox. I mean, you know, the Muni. I mean, you can go on and on the different things yeah. and avenues that down there that pull people. And so, uh, you know, high school athletics is just not the focus like it is that you see over here in Illinois, uh, you, know, like, you know, which is still really kind of neat. Yeah, now let's talk about – Alton a little bit here and we talked about some of the things you've had to deal with as far as COVID and and some of that stuff but what I really wanted to talk about was kind of this year and in kind of the way I don't want to the boys programs have seemed to kind of been kind of down lately but boy the girls programs for the Redbirds really were pretty stellar this year I mean you got a a state champion and, and Antonia Phillips in, in wrestling, you got Renee Ragland finishing fifth in the 100 um, in girls track. I mean, you had success with the girls basketball program that we haven't, I don't know, seen in, <laughs> I mean, maybe ever. By 40 years. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, not since Kathy Snipes, yes, really. Exactly. And I mean, that's going back to, she graduated in 1985. Yep. I mean, I mean, they were so good this year. I mean, you were seeing a lot of those boys basketball fans gravitating yes. towards those girls games and uh and then even even soccer you know the girls soccer team this spring I mean they didn't make it maybe as as far as what we were expecting but you know Gwen Sable was the sectional coach of the right, year I mean right. so just talk about that girls success and where do you think all that's you know why is there the kind of the the disparity between the two programs right now? You know, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, there's no doubt about it. You know, Renee had a great high school career, did very very well, and and um, you know, situation resulted where she didn't even get a chance to run the 200 because she kind of tweaked her uh, Achilles up at the sectional. So we were really even hoping maybe she'd have an opportunity to place maybe in two events. Uh, but she just had an outstanding career. She was an outstanding athlete both uh, in the in the classroom as well as on the field. Um, 
um, and did well. Antonio Phillips' story, just so neat. That was one, right. just incredible. That was one of the highlights of the year, uh, really in the whole state of Illinois when it came to girls wrestling. You know, the attention she brought this community as well-deserved, uh, and she's back. You know, that's right. the thing. And she's got another year, and she's been working her tail off uh, I had this summer. Her, yeah, I had her in here, and, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, I mean, she brought so much attention to Alton and to the school district. And, I mean, you know, uh, David Goins doing what right. he did, Mayor, the Mayor yeah. Goins putting, you know, the, the street signs yeah. out and stuff. Yep. She was just, you know, it's it was overwhelming to her, but she just has that personality where she – she put all that on her shoulders and was a great ambassador, yes. not just for Alton High School, but for the Alton community. And just a, just so a hard worker, but yeah. also humble yeah. and, and appreciative of everything that people do for her. And, and so it's just going to be really exciting to see what she can do with it next year and then even beyond, because she's right. definitely going to have the ability to wrestle at the collegiate level. There's no doubt Absolutely. about it. Uh, and so those two, for individual athletes, were really, really neat and, and cool for sure. You know, and then our teams, I mean, obviously the girls basketball and then girls soccer both of them have two uh, young energetic uh, coaches that have brought a lot of energy and, and commitment um, and then we're just in a situation where both of them also have a lot of talent coming through at th- this particular time you know and it, what's weird is uh, both of them really really benefited from freshmen you right. know, which is yes. just remarkable when you yes. think about the freshman girls basketball players that excelled and, and mixed in with the older girls that we had. Uh, Renee Raglan was the only senior, so mm-hmm. basically everyone's right. back. And then when you look at our spring sport with girls soccer, same thing. You know, most of the year, Gwen was starting four freshmen on that uh, team, and two of them were very, very significant players that also had to mesh with some of those old uh, upperclassmen. So f- whatever happened in the water that year here in Alton <laughs> with that freshman class, you know, year, uh, you know, 14, 15 years ago, it's really paying big dividends as far as on the female side of things. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, the basketball, I mean, amazing. They'd had that success at, at the junior high level um, where they'd won state, and now you're seeing that come to fruition at the high school. I mean, yeah, and I it's hard it's, because, you know, in our league, it's a load. You know? Absolutely. And, and to have freshmen come in and be able to compete and uh, hold their own, uh, it was very, very impressive. And for them to, to push Edwardsville away, yes. and Edwardsville's, you know, they've graduated some of their talent, yes. so you should see maybe that, you know, that kind of gap closed a little bit going into this. Yeah, we're hoping year. Edwardsville lost a lot. O'Fallon's mm-hmm. got a lot back, yeah. so I think it's probably going to. You know, Those we had some, some we good. had some really good games yep. with them last year too, yeah. and and so. Um, you know, Southwestern Conference. It doesn't matter what sport you pick. I mean, it, it is a bear. And uh, I, I was at the the Civic Memorial Alton Girls yes. basketball game, and I, I had, you know, um, Kelby, Zupon on sure, from sure. from, uh, you know, Bethalto from yeah. CM in here, and 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 Mike Arbuthnot, and we were talking about that game, you know, and it's like, you know, if the the CM boys and the Alton boys would have played this year, probably crickets. You know, probably right. wouldn't have had hardly anybody in there. It's just. It's so kind of refreshing to all of a sudden see the the girls' athletics just – it's really going through kind of a, a boon right now. I mean, with the amount of um, exposure it's getting and, and, and as, as excited people are yeah. getting for – And we've for seen that in the turnstiles too. Yeah. When you look at attendance, because mm-hmm. we track attendance and gate and things like that, and, you know, it's hard to say, but it, the girls were outdrawing the boys in the winter, which is probably yeah. unheard of. And we did have, mm-hmm. you know, obviously COVID was still uh, an issue in the winter times. Right. But even in the spring, you know, the girls' soccer team had a great support, a great uh, following, um, and I continued – I really think that will continue going forward too. And talk about Gwen also, who's 
you know, congratulations. She's a yep, young yep. mother now. But I mean, I, I mean, how was that dealing with your your soccer coach? Is is uh, out there, but she's you know about nine months pregnant, ready to have a baby. I mean, I was a little worried at times, yeah. you know, especially we had a couple hot days, and she's out there, and it, it's uncomfortable. Anyhow, for for obviously, you know, like I said, we had two boys uh, with my wife. You know, it's hard, and then to suddenly throw in the heat, and you're out there trying to coach and move around, and and uh, she was a trooper, you know, and um, she had a little bit quicker than what she had anticipated, but it was at least it was after the season because right. that was a concern that you know what happens if she has it with like a, you know a month to go or the week of the regional uh, but uh but no she, she does a fantastic job um she really is uh, one of our better coaches that we have in our, in our programs um and you know it shows with you know the response that she gets from the players you know um, they love her to death and and like i said we've got a great nucleus coming back and uh you know we're looking forward to next spring again is there a plan in place there that you're worrying about with her in case you know? <laughs> well, I guess a lot of it would have fell on the, uh, her assistant, which would have been Kurt Atkinson, and mm-hmm. and you know uh, her other two assistants, Jamie uh, Dwiggins and also Shayna Jones, were around a lot. You know, especially Jamie, and, and just in case, you know, obviously yeah. it was something that you know we were a little concerned about, but uh, but no, it, it worked out. Um, she actually was uh, signed up to teach some summer PE and do uh, that, but that just didn't work out, you know, right. uh, because uh, the doctor felt that it was time. Now let's talk about another kind of, um, you know, hectic experience for Alton, and um, that was with the uh, the Alton girls track program going up to the sectional, which was at Danville, and the the bus breaking down on yes. the side of the road and what you guys had to go through with that. That was one of the more frustrating things ever that I've had as an AD because I felt so helpless, you know, because they were so far away. It wasn't like they were 10 miles down the road or, or still in the parking lot. Where were you they know, at when the bus They literally down? started to develop some issues just south of Springfield. Um, oh, and so we had actually hired uh, out uh, a private, you know, uh, entity here locally that was taking them up there. Um, and so they started to have some issues. And so it just it just kept on compounding and got worse. And finally, they finally, eventually, uh, were basically stuck uh, just east of Springfield, pretty close to Riverton. Okay. Um, and so that's where they were. So, you know, luckily now with cell phones, we could communicate. But still, it's like, well, we're under the gun because they've got to get to Danville. You know, right, they've that's, got, that's where they're going. Yes, away. exactly. Yeah. And and having that sectional up there created obviously some obstacles uh, to try to get up there in time. And you, you want the girls to get up there in plenty of time, get situated, you know, eat on the way up, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so here we are down here. They're calling down. We're trying to make uh, arrangements. You know, a lot of credit goes to Mary Shell, you know, who is our uh, director of finance here for Alton School District, and then also Laura Campion. I was actually out of the office, which made it even more frustrating frustrating because I was at a Southwestern Conference AD meeting in East St. Louis. Oh, no. Yes. And so um, so I was stepping out of the, 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 the meeting. It was a very important meeting that we had uh, with the other ADs. You know, I stepped out probably three or four times to take phone calls and trying to brainstorm and come up with situations, but then also to get back into the meeting. Uh, but Mary Shell and Lori Campion, they were the ones that really made things happen. Uh, we ended up getting uh, the Riverton School District, which Mary Shell was able to contact. They took one of their school buses, picked 
picked up our girls off the side of the interstate. Uh, well, even before that, we had a couple parents come by and grab a few of the athletes uh, okay. and took them on because we were worried about uh, the throws because they go right. first, you right. know, getting those athletes there. Mm-hmm. And then Renee obviously was had state aspirations, so we wanted her to get there in the right frame. Mm-hmm. So luckily, a couple parents were able to take a couple of those athletes on. I was in communication with Danville. They moved some flights and stuff, so at least our girls you know, could be later on as opposed to one of the earlier flights. But, but anyway. Anyhow, the, the Riverton School District stepped up, got our girls transferred back to the Springfield area. Well, we thought we'd just go to Enterprise. We'll rent a couple vans. You know, the coaches can drive. Well, there wasn't a single minivan in all of Springfield at the three Enterprises. Oh, so now we're like, what do we do? So then someone said, well, Ford uh, dealership up there um, has, uh, I think it was Landmark, Landmark Ford. Landmark, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have uh, Suburbans. You know, they're or, or explorers. Explorers, yeah, and not so, suburbans. Yeah, not suburbans. I've never, yeah, ex- guy, yeah. <laughs> explorers. Yeah. And so we ended up getting our girls there. They ended up getting a couple explorers. Coaches then got in the explorers with the athletes that were left and were able to take them to Danville. Um, what's remarkable is of all that that went down, and like I said, we're trying to get there by 3 o'clock, you know, when the throws start. We only missed one event. You know, wow. so all that stuff, our athletes only missed one event. It was one of the, the relays. Uh, and a lot of kudos go to the coaches and what they had to deal with. They kept things, you know, in control. A lot of kudos goes also to Landmark Ford. Um, our, you know, coaches had to drive back to Springfield in those Suburbans to drop them off. Then we had to send a yellow bus up to pick up the girls from Springfield oh, and then man. bring them home. Uh, but to, to kudos to Landmark, uh, they did not charge us for those uh Explorers that nice. day. They gave them to us free. I think they just saw the need and, and dealing with high school athletes and trying to get to Danville. And so, and like I said, we were down here. We felt helpless. You know, we wish we could do more. It's very um, cool. But it's something you don't plan. It's not like there's a book that I can say, all right, no. this is going to happen as an AD. How are you going to handle this? It's just these are things that happen from time to time, and you've got to make adjustments on the fly. And fortunately, things worked out. Everyone got up there. We were able to compete for the most part, except for that one relay. Everyone got home safely, and, and Renee was able to qualify in the 100, which was yeah. one of her big goals. And no, I didn't even look. Was there anybody else that qualified? No, we didn't. She Renee? was the only okay. one that got out. And like I said, she was ready to run the 200, but she had been dealing with an Achilles that she'd kind of tweaked the week before. And so she was feeling a little twitch again after the 100, and so she decided not to run in the 200, okay. uh, which was disappointing, I know, for her. Uh, but that way we knew, hey, we're going the following week in the 100. Let's, let's make sure she's as healthy as possible for that event the following week up at Charleston. Right. And this is kind of falls under – Matt Martin was on here recently, and, you know, he's spent a lot of time as a track coach. And he says, you know, track is one of those sports where I've seen guys have fantastic numbers in, all year long, and the pressure of getting to a sectional and knowing I have to perform here – to get to state or my season's over, I've seen guys, you know, fail under that pressure where, you know, here you got a Renee Raglan that had to go through all that. Yes. And that's and what's even still more gets remarkable. up there and makes it to the state tournament. Yeah. So. And just incredible, uh, you know, in the sense that what those girls had to go through and, and as well as the coaches. And uh, like I said, fortunately, everyone was able to get up there and compete. Um, and then also, like I said, more and most importantly, they got home safely. And uh, I know the parents were glad, I'm sure, to see those girls when they walked through the door, considering what they had to go through that day. All right. Right. And let's talk about anything new that's going on at Alton that I'm not sure. About. Obviously, you know, this past year we had the 
the upgrades to public school stadium and they turfed it and they did all that. And if you want to talk about that and then anything else that's, that's been going on facility wise or new things that are coming into the program that maybe people don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at public school stadium, it's just an awesome facility. Now we get compliments nonstop uh, on the way that field has turned out. And so much credit goes to the board of education as well as Mark Kappel, you know, former superintendent. Um, And, you know, I mean, and obviously our current superintendent, Dr. Baumgartner too, also was involved in that process, but it's just fantastic. It's, we're just able to utilize it in so many different ways. You know, this past spring, we probably had four girls soccer games that would have been probably rained out or moved to a different date that because the field, you know, we had so much, you know, wet weather this spring, we were able to move those games from Piasol Stadium, which is our main soccer facility, mm-hmm. and move them down to public school stadium. Uh, but it's just utilized constantly, you know, by our athletic teams, whether it be soccer, football, you know, track still using it. It's a great track f- situation for the middle school. I mean, mm-hmm. if you drive down State Street there, you know, during the day, you'll probably see a bunch of PE kids down there utilizing that <laughs> field uh, too, uh, which which is great. But it just gives us more options uh, that, you know, previously Alton did not have where, you know, sometimes if you had a bad game uh, you know in the heavy rains I remember one year when Collinsville played Alton there and as a torrential downpour and the field oh, basically man. got destroyed uh, we're now we don't have to worry about that yeah. we can play you can play when it rains I um, remember I want to say it was 2016 Daryl Smith um, who ended up being an all-state running back the following year was running I believe they did poured down rain they hadn't canceled the game I think they were playing Belleville East and he ended up I don't even remember if it was an ankle or a knee mm-hmm. or whatever, but he came out of bounds and kind of hit that real wet area before sure. he hit the track and, and messed up his leg, and he ended up missing the rest of the season. Yeah. And You know, he was it was his junior year. I don't know that Alton would have made the playoffs, but he was coming on and, sure. and putting up numbers, sure. and he kind of lost that. And then obviously he comes back the next year, luckily healthy and, and – yeah. get them to stay. Yeah, it's just, it's a great facility. There's so many coaches and, and, and other athletic directors that compliment on, you know, how that stadium, it's just such a neat feel because so many of the stadiums now are the newer, almost the cookie cutter type thing, mm-hmm. you know, with the metal bleachers on both sides where, where Alton still has a really, really unique setting and look that's really cool, especially on a Friday night down right. there. Yeah, I haven't made it in there. I, it was one of the last stories I got to do. Uh, uh, Mark Kappel was my my sophomore baseball okay. coach at, at Alton or at, at Alton High, so you know, um, I could he would talk to me about stuff sure. sometimes when so uh, you know we were kind of didn't have a lot going on because of COVID and it was sure. right before I got laid off the advantage you know I ended up doing a story on okay. that and, and uh, yeah it was exciting because that's but, something that yes. people around here have been asking for. Matter of fact, years ago I did a story with with Coach Alderman, okay, uh, you know about. If they would ever do that, do that. You know, yeah. and, and, and they've done it. Column it's that it's I wrote been in. it's yeah. been great, and now we have that new video board down there, which yeah. we, which is really fantastic too. But but also the board of uh, education and the administration uh, has really invested with all our athletic facilities in terms of what we've been able to do. You know, we have most everything on campus now, and then just this past spring we were able to open up an auxiliary gym uh, there at the high school. Okay, you know, so this entire time Alton's just had the one main gym, mm-hmm. uh, which has been great. You know, it's a large gym, you know, great seating capacity, but in terms of uh, multifunctional and and practices and things like that, it was kind of limited because it was only in one space. You know, like for instance, we were still using West a lot, uh, sometimes to play lower level 
level games or even practices, you know, busing kids across town. Well, now we've got this auxiliary gym and it is great. We have utilized that tremendously this spring. Um, it's really a multi-purpose facility for us. Um, we can go in there and we can play boys volleyball. So for instance, like this past year, when we had to set up the main gym for graduation, we were able to move games to, uh, that gym and practice. Uh, the week we had state testing, same thing. We could still have games on our campus in that gym. Uh, tennis, we have tennis nets. We can actually go in there and set up tennis nets. There are tennis lines on the court. That has just been a godsend for our tennis programs. Oh, so they can get in there on a Saturday night, later on a mm-hmm. weekday night, you know, whenever, basically. They yeah. can put up that net. It's only one court, but still it gives them a practice space where before, if, if we were rained out, they might run the halls, they might lift, yeah. but they couldn't work on Good. any of their tennis skills mm-hmm. where now they can. Um, and then it's just given us more space for you know dance, cheer, uh, PE classes. And then the thing that we're really excited about is our, our wrestling program. That will now become our home center, basically our home location for our wrestling program. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the wrestling doesn't draw as well as maybe some of the other programs. We would put them in the big gym and they would just get swallowed up by that. Yes, so now we're right. putting them in a, a more intimate facility. Uh, we have a seating for about 350 people, you know, so it's ample enough for a home wrestling match mm-hmm. or, or even, you know, a quad. Plenty of room. Uh, we've got new mats that have come in. And Coach Roberson's very, very excited about that because now he's got more of a, a, a location that is close to his practice room, close to his office, uh, just down the hallway. And it's just going to you know, be there. And the other thing, too, Bill, I'll tell you, now we can hold multiple events uh, at the same night. Where right. before, you know, we'd have a girls' basketball game. We couldn't wrestle on the same night. Now mm-hmm. we can. We can still have the girls' basketball game going on in the main gym. We can also have a wrestling uh, match going on in that second gym. It's just down the hallway. Something we're also going to do a couple times next year is we're going to have some boy-girl doubleheaders where the boys and girls are going to play in the main gym will allow the lower levels to play in the auxiliary Mm -hmm. gym. So then fans can come out and have an opportunity to watch uh, both teams on a given night. And so that'll be something else. It's just just been a great addition um, that allows us to do some things that Alton's never had an opportunity to do before. Awesome. Well, it sounds like a lot of good things going on there. And, uh, you know, the conference, you know, is kind of – seen some changes over the years but it you know here here recently but you know i mean i know uh, as far as turf in the football field alton was one of the last ones to to do that within the conference so keeping up with the the joneses yeah yeah you have to i mean you have to to, you know and and even you know granite city which is no longer in the conference Mm -hmm. they're turfing their field this uh okay this summer Um, you know double uh the ccm civic memorials getting turf highlands getting turf it's just it's It's becoming the norm now it really is just because it just gives you so many more options because then it really becomes a multi-purpose facility you know i was in on when collinsville got the turf there Mm -hmm. um and now they're on their second turf right on their second right. East St. Louis and so it used to be new but now it's the situation where now you see programs out there working on their second turfs okay well Chris I appreciate you coming no, in no this man, is awesome know. yeah I, I, I enjoy doing this and, and something I haven't said in a few times since I in, in, that I've been recording these but I got to give a big shout out to to Nick Dar and Steve Medford for giving me this opportunity sure. to come in here and um, you know it gives us a platform for a lot of you know, you local coaches and local athletes to be able to come in and kind of have a voice. And it's a, you know, this is kind of the new 
new age of media now rather <laughs> yes. than sitting around writing stories yes you know nobody it's, wants to read all that anymore but they'll listen to a podcast while they're driving in the car or yeah. mowing the lawn i listen or, to podcasts uh, all yeah. the time now with that half an hour trip on the way home and and usually you guys are one of the ones i i definitely try to to get to i know uh, i think joe rodericks just got released today i think i saw yeah. and that's probably going to be my listen <laughs> uh listening uh, on the way home today but no we appreciate what you're doing uh for our, our high school athletics in the area is really neat because you like you said the print media it's unfortunately it's so and i and i used to love the newspaper used to get subscriptions but now it's just it's it's not the same it really isn't you know and um what you know wbgz and nick's doing and obviously the support of steve medford you know a former coach and a very very good coach in the area and what he's doing here and then i know it gives you a chance to kind of dabble in something i know that you've got uh a big part in you as far as inside of you and your heart but uh no this is fantastic what you guys are doing um you know because it's it's neat Uh, it really is well thanks man and appreciate you coming on as a guest all right you take care Tune in next time on Coach Speak when Bill Roseberry sits down with former Edwardsville and Ohio State University football player Morris Bradshaw. One of the reasons why I wanted to reach out with you and have you on is you were talking about being back here recently, and you were back here because you went into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame with some other local guys, and uh, you went in on the Illinois side. I mean, just kind of talk about that night and being able to come back, and like you said, you've had time to reflect since you've retired from the Raiders here recently. Recently, and well, it, it was uh, it was awesome, um, um, and, and very much you know, very humbling, very much um, you know, for me, my family, just very, very appreciative. That's next time on Coach Speak, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor Steve Medford.